accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If if you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you. Protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. 
He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stopping. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. Of faithfulness are a shield keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands Good evening, and thousands everybody. Welcome killed, to Victor Christian Fellowship. It's our Wednesday night refreshing service. And we're here expecting times of refreshing to come from God's presence. Father, we're thirsty. And you said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall fill them, Lord. And we give you thanks and praise that we are being filled tonight. Filled with your goodness, filled with your love, and filled with your power. And Lord, we just love and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Oh, listen, my child. I love you with an everlasting love. My love for you will not fail. It will not falter. It will not bend or bow. 
but it will hold up under anything. It covers a multitude of sin. It keeps you, for you are my peculiar possession. And I love you, and I will always love you. Abide in my love. Live in my love. And move in my love. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen, amen. You may have your seats. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. I'll tell you what, God is good. All the time. You know, God didn't do all that he did to save you just to bring you into a form or a ritual. But he did what he did to bring you into a living, thriving relationship. And what we got to do is we just got to fall in love with Jesus. I mean, when you love someone, you love spending time with them. You love doing things with them, right? You you love uh, hearing from them. Amen. You love getting to know them. Why? Because you love them. Amen. It's a relationship. And we got to love God like that. Amen. You know, he, he didn't come to set up a religion. Man did that. Man's been setting up a religion ever since he fell in the beginning. Because religion is defined as man's attempt to get to God. Amen. But Jesus just gave us an invitation. He said, all those who are heavy laden with burden. If you came heavy laden with a burden tonight, he said, come and I'll give you rest. He said, all those who are thirsty, come to me and drink. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Amen. So what Jesus does is he simply invites us to come to him. It's all about him. Amen. And uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's building his church. And yeah, church is part of it. But church is just, it's a gathering of the family. We're family. We're God's family. And, and when we get together, he does things differently than what he would do when you're just by yourself. There's an anointing that comes on a corporate gathering. And Jesus said, well, Jesus didn't say, but the Holy Spirit through Paul said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And he said, encourage others, especially as you see the day approaching. Right? Now, the early church, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about tonight, but the early church, if you read, they gathered every day. When when 3,000 people got born again, they were in the temple every day. They were fellowshipping every day. They were praying every day. They were having communion every day. They were listening to teaching every day. Say every day. Now, today, we, in, in, our, in today's thing, you know, we meet twice a week, sometimes a little bit more. But think about it. Every day versus, you know. And I just want to let you know, all the men, how many men we got in here? This coming Saturday, we're going to have our Barnabas breakfast of encouragement. If you're a guy 12 and older, come, you get free food, good food, amen. You get good fellowship, 
You get a chance to build relationships and you get encouraged by the Holy Spirit and his power and the word of God. So uh, 8.30 this Saturday. Amen. And uh, glory to God. You know, and we're taking over our schools in Palmyra. God's opening up a door for us to get into every, I want to get into every school in the Palmyra area school district. Amen. Now we got schools coming here, but we want to get into the schools. It's time that someone stands up and let's, we got to have a prayer get back into school. Amen. We got to kick the devil out and bring prayer back in and bring the Holy Ghost in, bring some fire in. Amen. Bring some truth in. Hallelujah. I mean, we're here to take over. God's raising up an army, and you're part of it. Every one of us in this room are part of the army of God. Well, I didn't know I was in Yeah, when you got born again, you got enlisted. Amen? You became a soldier. That's why he gave you armor. That's why he said, fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Yeah, you're into a family, but it's a family fight. When someone messes with the family, they mess with the whole family. Amen? Come on, we need some fighters. Some people who are going to do what the, what the Word of God says do without reservation. Amen? Without worrying about what people are going to think. You don't even know what they're thinking anyway. So what? I mean, seriously. Hallelujah. Now, uh, also, when, whenever, whenever, we gather, whenever we gather together, we have an opportunity to give. Amen? Giving is something that God, it started with God. For God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave his son. And we give our finances. Amen. Tithes and offerings. Now we have a couple opportunities for you. Um, We are opening up a thing called Spotify. Right? That, huh? Shopify. (laughs) Sorry. Something wasn't right when I said that. Shopify. What that does is it allows us to sell anything in our bookstore all around the world. Amen. They they can come on our website, order anything, and it can go to anywhere in the world right here from Palmyra. Now, there's a fee for that. It's like $35 a month. So if you would like to sponsor a month, right, just put uh, Shopify on there. Just put store. Yeah. Do you realize... um, at Eagle Mountain Church, that's Kenneth Copeland's ministry, their church runs about 1,000 people a week, but they have 10,000 people online. So that's 10, that's 10 times more than what they have in the physical location. Amen? And there's people that watch us all over the world. And, and we have material that could be a blessing to the body. Okay? So if you'd like to sponsor a month, $35, right? And... Uh, Twelve thirty-five dollars. That's that's it for the year, amen. And so you could be, you you could do the whole thing, or you could do a month, whatever you can. Yep. And then uh, another opportunity that you have is uh, you can uh, send me to India in August. I'm going to be going to Rama, India. Remember uh, Sushil Kumar who was here? Yep. I'm going there the third week of August, and we're going to teach some Rama Bible students in India. And uh, I'm going to go represent Victory Christian Fellowship in India. So that's going to be a great time. 
And, of course, you can give any time that you're here, uh, any time during the service. And I really mean that, any time during the service, right? If, if the Lord says, give now, right in the middle of my message, you go ahead and give. Yes. Amen. The Lord has precedence. Yes. Okay? And then if you're watching online, of course, we, we welcome you and thank you. But you can go to our website and you can give uh, that way right there. Amen? Amen. How many enjoy giving? Yes. Hallelujah. Because when you enjoy giving, you're, you have the nature of God on the inside of you. Yes. Father, and I just bless every giver and their gifts, Lord. And I thank you that they multiply by your hand and you bless them. You protect them and provide for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. And we're so thankful to be able to minister to kids on a Wednesday night. Amen. Thank you for our teachers and our volunteers and our drivers and our picker-uppers and all the people, you know, who make that possible. Thank you. We want to dismiss our kids right now. Kids, have a good night, a good lesson, experience the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. You know, church shouldn't be a religious exercise. It should be an encounter with God. Amen. I grew up in religion and I fell asleep every time I went there. But then when I met Jesus, it got exciting. And once I met Jesus, church was really, I've been going to church for 42 years now. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, you guys ready for the word? Are you ready for the power? Are you ready for the Holy Ghost? Amen. Well, he laid something on my heart tonight called what's set before you. You know, whenever you want to do something that you haven't done, it's not behind you. It's in front of you. Right? When you play follow the leader, the leader doesn't go behind you. Because then you'd be the leader. But usually... A leader is out in front of you, right? So you're following. Amen? So when you drive, on, like if you're going somewhere, coming up, we're going to be going to Lynchburg, Virginia and celebrate Dr. Fiona's graduation. We're going to witness her walk the aisle. Yes, yeah, their 50th. I don't know. And uh, so when we drive there, I'm going to be watching signs that are ahead of me because if they're behind me, then I've got to do a U-turn. Right? So it's important what you set in front of you. So we got to have some things set in front of us. And I want you to go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. And I'm going to read this from the King James. And then I'm going to read this from the Amplified. And in this passage of scripture, there are two things that Jesus set before people. Okay? And in Hebrews, chapter 12, starting with verse 1. It says, wherefore, seeing we also 
are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that what? Is set before us. Notice, you've been set up. Someone set something before you. So that you have a direction, you have something to follow, you have a path to go on. Run the race, run with patience the race that is set before us. There is a, there is a path, there is a journey set before each and every one of us. Who set it there? God set it there. Okay? And he set you up to succeed, not fail. Everything that God set for you, it's for your benefit, it's for your success. Yes. Amen? Amen. God, and if you follow God, you'll get to where you need to be. Yes. Okay? Verse 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith starts with him, faith is sustained by him, and faith is complete in him. He's the author and the finisher. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. All right, now let me read this from the Amplified. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Who's by faith, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. We got a cloud of witnesses. Who are they? Those are people who went on before us, who were believers, who are now in heaven, and they're sitting in the grandstands of heaven cheering you on. Okay? Stripping off every unnecessary weight... And the sin which does so easily and cleverly entangle us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Say, there's a race before me. Notice, God just set the race there, but you got to decide to run on it. He won't make you run on it, but he sets it there before you. It's already before you. But you, you make the decision as to whether or not you're going to run that race or you, you're going to follow that path or you're going to do that assignment. Yes. Okay? He doesn't make you go on it, but he sets you up for it. Thank you, he, I mean, he sets it up before you. Yes. Okay? Looking away from all that will distract us. Yes. Focusing our eyes on Jesus who is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the first incentive of our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. For who for the joy of accomplishing the goal was set before him, endured the cross, disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. I want you to notice that the joy that was set before Jesus helped him endure the cross. 
Yeah, there was a cross that he was going to go to. And that's where he was going to sacrifice himself and shed his blood. But the cross, the joy was set before him. So there was more than enough joy set before him to endure that cross, that suffering, to, in spite of the shame. In other words, there was joy set up before him so that he could go through the suffering. Amen? God wants you to go through things. Too many people set up camp in their things. People have the pain, their pain before them when they need to set healing before them. People have poverty before them when they need to set prosperity before them. People have defeat before them when they need to set victory before them. Do you realize that what you focus on is where you will go? Just try it. When you're driving, look to the left and see if that wheel doesn't go to the left. Yeah. But aren't you glad that God set something before us? It's already been set up. You have a divine destiny. You have a calling. You have an assignment. You have a purpose. There are things that God wants you to do. And he wants to partner with you to do them. But the question is, are you going to follow his path? Whose path are you on? Are you on the one that you designed or are you on the one that God designed? Hmm? If you're on the path that you're designed, you're never going to reach your destiny. Because destiny doesn't come from us. It comes from our creator. It comes from our maker. Amen? So we got we to gotta lighten our load a little bit. We got, you know, distractions come easily in life if the devil can't steal from you he'll try to distract you because if he can distract you he can get you off your path you don't you you don't want to get in a taxi with a blind driver amen because they're not going to get you to where they need to be where you need to be what did jesus say about the pharisees He said, these are the blind leading the blind, and they'll both fall in the ditch. You don't want want to be following someone that's going to lead you into a ditch. You want to follow someone that will take you to heaven. Amen? Do you realize Jesus never suffered a defeat in his life? Not one. He was not defeated by anything. That's someone you want to follow. Amen? You want to follow success. All right, so we got to lighten our load. We got to strip off some unnecessary weight. And notice, not only it's a weight, but it's a sin that easily entangles you. It trips you up. Do you know if you're running a race and you trip, you lose time? You lose your position? And someone may get to the end before you do. So, Things can come in our lives in the form of weights and sin. Notice it's a sin that easily entangles us. Other translations say things that hinder you or a sin that easily entangles us or a sin that clings so closely to us. It's a familiar sin. It keeps coming up. 
It's like that ugly weed in the garden. You plant a garden and then you see that weed and it's like, where did that weed come from? It just popped up. Right? You got to get rid of the weed. Otherwise, if you don't get rid of the weed, it'll take over your garden. And you won't have a garden. Do you realize that little foxes spoil the vine? And people, they get distracted with little things. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes the sin can ensnare us. It's a trap. Sometimes there's a sin that's always ready for you. It's like a jack-in-the-box. It'll just spring up. Alright? So you gotta streamline your focus. If you wanna get on the path, if you, if you wanna follow what's before you, you gotta streamline your focus. You gotta take what you need to accomplish your divine purpose. Sometimes there's too many things in front of you that's hindering your race. I mean, how many's ever watched the Olympics? How many's ever watched track and field? Those people who run in races, they hardly wear anything. Why? They're free from weight. Because they have a goal in mind. It's, it's, they want to cross that finish line, and they want to win the gold medal. That's their destiny. They've been training for four years for that thing. They've dedicated their life for that thing. And now's their moment. And you can't, you can't run on the path with hindered by so many things. They'll drag you down. Amen? God set a path before us and he set a joy before Jesus to accomplish his goal. How many know that if you're going to suffer, you need, God needs some joy ahead of you? God knew that Jesus was going to suffer, so he had joy set before him. So, and that joy enabled him to endure. The joy of the Lord is your what? Strength. So the more you're going to suffer, the more joy you need. Joy is a biblical word, and I'm not talking about joy tonight, but it's true. You know, God didn't baptize you in lemon juice. But he gave you the joy of the Lord. And, and there is a joy of the Lord. And it manifests in laughter. But that's not my message tonight, but I'm just saying that's what it is. Amen? And... When you, when you run with set before, you gotta run with endurance, persistence, determination, and patience. Cause you gotta, it's a, it's a long journey. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Run God's race before you, right? God's race is His plan. It's His course. It's His purpose. It's his assignment, and it's his destination for you. He designed you specifically for it. And he set it before you. Before you were born, he had the race in place for you to be on. But some of us, it took a while for us to figure out which race we're supposed to be in. Right? If you, if, if you, if you didn't get born again till later in life, you, you weren't on the right race. You were running someone else's race. But it's when, when you get born again, you know which race you're supposed to run. Because you discover your divine purpose. 
I thought I was going to run the race of being a pilot. God had other plans. He wanted me to be a preacher. Amen. Nothing wrong with being a pilot. You could be a pilot and a preacher. But for me, God said, preach the word. Help people find their inheritance and treasure in God's word. And that's what I've been doing for 20 years right here in Palmyra. Helping you find your inheritance and treasure in God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. See, let me just tell you some things about the joy that was set before Jesus. The New Living says it was the joy that was awaiting him. How many know that there's, there's things on the path that God has for you that are waiting for you? So if you're on the wrong path, you're missing out on what God has for you. Right? I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. What God has for you is the very best. It's good. Amen? It's, it'll bless your life. You'll, you'll not find it on any other path. You only find what God has for you on the path that he has for you. Not your own path. Right? The Berean uh, literal Bible says, in view of the joy lying before him. So, yeah, Jesus was going to a cross, but he wasn't looking at the cross. He was looking at joy. He was looking at the joy of the resurrection. He was looking at the joy. Yeah, you kill this body, but on the third, he was looking to the third day. Right? Why? Because the cross was a moment, but the resurrection is still happening. The cross was a moment. The resurrection is eternal because he's still alive today. He's still walking in that resurrection. That was the joy that was set before him that enabled him to endure the cross. Aren't you glad that God set that before him? Our father knows best. We just got to follow him. It was the joy that was his. That's the Aramaic Bible in plain English. The, um, oh, this is good. The, the, uh, contemporary English version. It says, we must keep our eyes on Jesus who leads us and makes our faith complete. He endured the shame of being nailed to a cross because he knew later on that he would be glad he did it. And part of the joy that Jesus had was you and I coming into the kingdom. He knew that people were going to come to the Father's house because of what he did, because of the sacrifice he made. He, that spurred him on. That encouraged him. That, he, that ignited his passion. It was the joy that was set before him. God set it there. Amen? Hallelujah. So, what does it mean to be set? I got to give you this meaning here. What does it mean to be set? It means to set before, to be set forth. It says, I am set, placed before, already there. The blessings that God wants you to have is already there. The benefits that God has given you is already there. Do you realize your benefit started the moment you got born again? You didn't have to wait 90 days or six months. They started right away. 
You had, actually, you had full benefits on day one of Christianity. They were already there. That's what it means to be set there. Already there. Do you realize Jehovah Shammah, God is there. Hallelujah. He was there before you were. Right? He, he went there before you did so that you can go where he is. He paved the way. He's, he, he's a pioneer. He paved the way for us. He showed us how to live for God until you get home. He showed us how to walk in victory. He showed us how to live by faith. Amen? Hallelujah. My goodness, I'm so excited. The race, the word race that is set before us, it's the Greek word agon, which is the root word for agony or agonize. It means a contest or a struggle. What's your greatest struggle? The devil, no. The devil's defeated. It's your flesh. That's our greatest struggle. Why would someone who's defeated be the great struggle? Our flesh isn't defeated, but we've got to keep it down every day. Amen? How many's ever had a day where your flesh reared its ugly head? Or it responded, or it acted, or it spoke? Come on. Yeah. And, and how many know when our flesh does that, we get in trouble? Our flesh gets us in trouble. That little stinker. The race means it's a grueling conflict. It's a fight. How many know that you got to fight to stay on the path that's been set before you? It is a fight. Why? Because there's an enemy lurking on the sidelines. And his desire is to knock you off your path. He wants to do anything that he could do to get you off that path. To get you away from God. And to keep you away from God. My goodness. The enemy will wreak havoc if we let him. This word race means it's the fight of faith. Well, that's good because the fight of faith means we win. You were already established a winner when you started this race. You were already labeled a winner by God. You became a winner when you picked Jesus because he picked you. And once you picked him, you realize that he picked you. Amen? And he didn't pick you last. He picked you first. Hallelujah. So this is what's set before us. Amen? Go with me to Matthew chapter 14. And we're going to see a story here. Of someone who started off good, but they took their eyes off the ball. Now, I know none of us have ever taken our eyes off the ball. I got to tell you, one time when I was, I don't know, I was about five years old. And how many know those, those little plastic footballs? They're hard, right? But they're, they're small. They're only, they're only about this big, Right? Well, I was in the backyard playing catch with a ball like that. One time it slipped past my hands and hit me in the lip and gave me a, made my lip bleed. That happened four times. My lip was like, 
my lips got puffed up because I got hit in the face four times from that, that plastic ball. And it made my lip bleed each time. I took my eyes off the ball. And when you take your eyes off the ball, you get hit in the face. It'll leave a mark. I was just, I was just little, you know. I hadn't, I hadn't developed my catching coordination yet. And, and the point just hit me like right in the mouth. And my bottom lip was like three times the size of a normal size. It was like flapping in the wind, you know. Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22. This was right after the feeding of the 5,000. Now let me ask you a question. (laughs) If you were there... When you saw the 5,000 men fed, not including women and children, but you saw them eat the fish, you ate some of the fish that they had, right? Would you doubt that God could do anything if you were there? Come on. No, yes? Not, some of you aren't sure? Some of you just aren't going to answer that question? I'm just going to keep looking forward. Keep going, Pastor. Let's go. Move on. So this was right after, this was on the heels of the feeding of the 5,000. Where, where Jesus' disciples saw before their eyes fish and bread multiply for thousands with leftovers. Because God doesn't waste anything. Okay? So, verse tw- I'm going to read verse 21, but we're going to start the story in verse 22. And... and And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children, all right? And Jesus was kind of taking care of things, and he sent his disciples away ahead of him. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus was the last one at the service. Why? Because he's the greatest servant leader. So he sent his disciples on ahead of him, okay? And he told them, he, he said, get into a ship and go before him unto the other side. Ever say, to the other side. Did the disciples have a word from God? They had direction, right? The ship was before them. They got in the ship and they're going to the other side. Because Jesus, that was what Jesus said to do. Amen? Okay. Verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. Jesus just fed 5,000 people, and what did he do? He went to reconnect with his father to get recharged, to get replenished. So he's having a talk with dad. Okay? He's on the mountain, and he's praying. And when the evening had come, everybody say the evening. So they must have eaten when it was daylight because evening hadn't come yet. Because it'd be kind of hard to pass out all those fish when it's dark. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. So now some time had passed. Okay. When the evening was come, he was there alone. 
But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. The Amplified says the wind was against them. Has Jesus told you to do anything, go somewhere, have an assignment, and, and, and opposition comes up in the middle of it? Well, I thought Jesus told me to go. Yeah, just stick with him. Keep him before you. Set him before you. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto the word. You, do you realize it doesn't matter what comes up in the middle. You still got to look to Jesus to get through. You can't stop and look, be looking at the storm, be looking at the problem. No, you got to continue to look to Jesus. You started looking to Jesus, now you got to continue looking to Jesus. Amen? So, in the Gospel of John, they, they rode about three or four miles. Everybody say three or four miles. And they're not making any progress. They're stuck in the middle. Okay? Because the wind was against them. Something came up that they didn't plan on that was against them to interrupt God's plan. I know this never happened in your life, has it? God tells you to do something and you go, and all of a sudden, problems start happening. Well, I thought, listen, just because Jesus told you to go do something, he didn't say you're not going to be without trouble. Right? Why do you think he gave you faith? That overcomes the world. You got overcoming problem uh, faith in you. Amen. You're more than a conqueror. You can do all things through Christ Jesus. If Jesus said go to the other side, you're going to go go there no matter what comes up. Okay. Amen. So. So they're in the midst of the sea. They're tossed with waves. For the wind was contrary, it was blowing, it was against them. They were in the fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 a.m. Yeah, 3 to 6 a.m. Now, mind you, Jesus had been on the mountain until evening. And they're stuck in the, in the sea till 3 to 6 a.m. They've been there for a, a couple hours. Row, row, they're not getting anywhere. It's like being on a treadmill. You're not going anywhere, but you're, you're racking up the miles. Okay? So, now look at what Jesus does. Verse 25. And in the fourth watch of the night, 3 to 6 a.m., Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. <laughs> oh, Jesus, why didn't you just tell us to walk on the sea? Well, we're going to see why he didn't tell them. How many know Jesus has got ways to get to you? So he comes walking on the water. You know why he could walk on the water? Because he had boat shoes on. No, just kidding. No, Jesus could walk on the water. But you know what? So can you if you need to. Okay? And... uh when the disciples saw him, Mark says, the gospel of Mark's account says, Jesus was going to walk as if he was going to walk by them. See, Jesus will walk by unless you get his attention. Amen? It's called prayer. 
Right? That's communication with God. Okay? So, Jesus is walking on the water, and uh, the disciples, verse 26, they saw him walking on the sea, and they were troubled. Why were they troubled? They just saw him feed 10,000 people. But now, because he's walking on the water, now they're troubled. Wouldn't they get troubled trying to feed thousands of people with a a two-piece fish dinner from Long John Silver's? But now they're troubled. They're fearful. They're giving in to fear. Fear is your enemy. Fear is not your friend. Fear is not a welcome guest in your house. Don't entertain fear. And these guys are entertaining fear big time. They they gave fear a, a lazy boy chair in the boat. Okay? And they're saying it is a spirit. How many spirits do you know walk on water? And they cried out for fear. So what is, they're responding in fear. They're putting fear before them when they should be putting Jesus before them. They're setting something before them that they shouldn't set before them. Okay? Hallelujah. And straightway, Jesus spoke to them said, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. How many know, the word of God's got to address your fear. Thank God for the word. Amen? You're freaking out, the word says, be quiet. You're like, okay. All right? The word said, Jesus is the word. He said, be of good cheer. Ever say, be of good cheer. You know, Jesus never said, be of bad cheer. Be of good cheer. Everybody say good cheer. There is, God has good cheer. It is I, be not a, Do you think that they knew his voice? Because they've been spending time with him. They did everything with him, right? They traveled with him. They ate with him. They worked with him, right? They're, 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 they're everywhere with him. So I'm sure that when he spoke, they knew it was Jesus. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be you. Are you kidding me? Peter is his closest follower. And he's asking if this is, if it's you. Okay? But Peter's the only one that's saying something. Peter said, uh, if it's you, bid me come unto you on the water. So what's the destination? The destination is to get to Jesus. The destination is, give me the word, and I'll use the word to get to you. How many know you can use the word to get to anywhere that you need to get to? Amen? The word is greater than storms. The word is greater than obstacles. The word is greater than the enemy. The word is greater than valleys. The word is greater than rivers. The word is greater than the oceans. Come on. Israel walked through the Red Sea. They crossed the Jordan at flood stage. No problem for God. Everybody say no problem for God. So Peter didn't know what he was saying. If it's you, Lord, bid me come. So what does Jesus say? Come. He didn't say come, Peter. That was an invitation to anyone in that boat. But only one responded to the invitation. And when Peter was come down 
out of the ship. Notice this next phrase. He walked on the water. Everybody say, he walked on water. The fisherman became a surfer. He traded in his net for a surfboard. Peter, say, Peter walked on water. But where did he have to get, where did he have to get to? He had to get to Jesus. And as long as he kept Jesus before him, he, he will get to where he needs to be. But if he lets something else get before him, he will not get to where he needs to be. He was come down out of the ship and walked on water to go to Jesus. Say, I need to get to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood said, I need to get to Jesus. She didn't let her her lack of energy or her lack of strength stop her. She didn't let the crowd stop her. She didn't let the road stop her. She didn't let anything stop her. I'm getting to Jesus. Bartimaeus said, I'm going to get to Jesus. He cried out until he got Jesus' attention. He was told to shut up. He got louder. He got to Jesus. Amen. When you when you determine that you're going to get to Jesus, you got to get to Jesus. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let anything deter you. I'm getting to Jesus. Say, I'm getting to Jesus. Say, I'm getting my miracle. Say, I'm getting what I need. Say, I'm getting my provision. I'm getting my help. I'm getting my strength. I'm getting my peace. Hallelujah. Jesus already said, come. He already gave us an invitation. He already set a path before us. Oh, it's getting good now. But, verse 30, but, uh uh-oh, a distraction is about to butt in. A different focus is about to butt in. But when he saw the wind, boisterous, wasn't the wind blowing before he got out of the boat? So the scene has not changed. The only difference was he had a word. The word didn't change the scene, but the word enabled him to go through the scene, in spite of the scene. The wind was blowing before he got out of the boat. But now he's focused on the wind. He put the wind before him. He put the problem before him. And he was afraid. Now he's letting fear come back up before him. Say, I don't have a spirit of fear. But I have a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Say, fear is not in my DNA. Do you realize that's how we got to live? It can't just be for Wednesday night or Sunday morning. It's got to be for Friday morning or Monday morning. When your bed is calling you and you got to go to work. Okay? Now, notice what happens when fear, the moment he entertains fear, he began to sink. Was that Jesus' fault? No. Jesus gave him the ability to come to him. In that word come that was given by the word of God, the living word Jesus, he had enough authority, enough power to cross any obstacle to get to where he needed to go. 
Amen? But he, he let other things come before him. He didn't set the path before him. He didn't set Jesus before him. He put his eyes on something else. And when fear came in, beginning to sink, he cried saying, Lord, save me. How many know when you're in trouble, you got to know who to call? Amen? Immediately, Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him. He was an usher, right? He caught, he caught Peter, right? And said to him, oh, Peter, you did such a good job. No, he said, oh, you of little faith. See, when you allow something to distract you from the faith of God, your faith is going to get smaller, Little faith. I'm going to say little faith. He had enough faith to get out of the boat, but he didn't have enough faith to complete the journey. Some of you got enough faith to get out of the boat, but you don't have enough faith to follow it through. But that's changing tonight. Wherefore did you doubt? See, when you take your eyes off of Jesus, what's left? You're going to doubt. He let fear in, he let the waves in, and he started to doubt. Now, I found this very fascinating. Notice this, and when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Notice, Jesus, after he picked up Peter from falling, the wind was still blowing. They still had the waves moving. It wasn't until they got into the boat that the wind stopped. It was, Jesus was saying, look, when you're holding on to the word and the word's got a hold of you, you can go through anything. You can walk on water. You can go through the waves. You can go through the wind. They won't stop because the wind didn't cease until they got into the boat. Jesus didn't make the wind cease before when he, when he was rescuing him. The wind didn't stop until they got into the boat. So they walked through the wind. The very wind that distracted him, Jesus caused him to overcome it. Why? Because Jesus' goal was, I'm getting Peter to the boat. And he didn't stop. He went right through the wind. The very thing that caused Peter to sink, they went through it. They overcame it with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? See, when you get a hold of the word and the word's got a hold of you, you can do anything. All things are possible to you. That's why we got to keep the word before us. Hallelujah. When they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship, they had a church service in the ship. They came and worshiped him, saying, of a truth, you are the son of God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you know what? They should have worshipped when he spoke. They waited till they saw with their eyes what the word could do. Amen? But Peter walked on water, and he would have made it to Jesus if he kept his eyes on Jesus. Some of you, you have a destination of healing. And you got to avoid distractions along the way. Healing is my goal. How do you feel? What did the doctor say? What's the report? No, healing is my goal. Jesus is my healer. I'm getting to the healer. Nothing's going to stop me. Nothing's going to determine me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I'm getting to the healer. 
Say, I'm getting my healing. Amen? Did you know that in Deuteronomy 30:19, God set before us life or death? The blessing and the curse is set before us. Do you realize? Oh, I, I got to read this scripture. My goodness. Hmm. Go to Psalm 16. Psalm 16. And then I'm going to close. Well, I'm going to be fixing the close. Psalm 16, verse 8. Notice what we need to do. I have set the Lord continually before me. God sets a path before us, but we need to set the Lord before us. That's, that's something that we do. That's a choice that we make. That's a decision that we make. We, I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand. He is accessible. He's close. He's near. I will not be shaken. Come on. Say, I've set the Lord before me. He's at my right hand. And I will not be shaken. Listen, you've got to make the decision not to be shaken because the devil will try to shake you. I'm not shaken, but I am stirred. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I will not be shaken, but he said, stir yourself up. Come on, you got to stir yourself up. Therefore, my heart is glad. See, when you set the Lord before you continually, gladness happens. And my glory rejoices. Oh my goodness, your gladness turns to rejoicing. It, it, it increases, it excels. Glory to God. My body too will dwell confidently in safety. Verse 10, for you will not abandon me to Sheol. That's what Jesus, that's what, that's the word Jesus hanging on says. I'm, you're not going to abandon me to hell, glory to God. I'm coming out on the third day. That was his joy that was set before him. He had a promise of God that God wasn't going to abandon him. And he knew it. That's why he said, into your hands I commit my spirit. He was fully confident, fully certain, fully assured that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. No grave, no cross, no soldier, no suffering is going to stop him from accomplishing that. He kept his eyes on Jesus. He kept his eyes on God. Verse 11, you will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. Fullness of joy. Everybody say fullness of joy. If your meter is a little low, you can get filled up tonight. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, wicked and violent men, they don't put the Lord before them. Okay? Hallelujah. Paul said this. He said, forgetting what's behind, but pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. God didn't call you to dwell on what's, what's behind you or what's in the past. Get out of the past. I don't care who hurt you in the past. I don't care what, what uh, harm you experienced in the past. That's the past. Leave it in the tube. Don't resurrect it. But you got something bigger ahead of you. You got something brighter ahead of you. Your windshield is a lot bigger than your rearview mirror. There's a reason for that. Because your focus needs to be before you, not behind you. Yeah, you can glance and see, yeah, I was there, but I'm going here. Amen? Hallelujah. 
We got to we got to set the Lord before us. He set a path before us. We got to set him before us and we got to keep our eyes on him. We got to be constantly looking to Jesus. Amen. Jesus, what do you think? Okay. How do you feel about that, Jesus? Okay. We got to get his advice. We got to get his perspective. We got to get his truth. Amen. For whatever we face in life, always refer to Jesus. Should I go do Should I go there? Yes. Should I go do this? Yes. That's what David did. You read the life of David. Every time he inquired of the Lord, he had a successful battle. Every time he didn't, he did not. When he did not inquire of the Lord, he failed. But every time he inquired of the Lord, he succeeded. That's keeping the Lord before you. Amen. What you got set before you tonight? Amen. Is your mind fixed on victory or is it fixed on defeat? Are you fixed on down or are you fixed on up? Are you fixed on depressed or are you fixed on joyful? Notice, why did he put full at the end? Jesus said, I'll, put my, I'll give you my joy so that your joy can be full. Your joy is not full unless you have his joy. And his joy will put you over the top. Amen? But God's got somewhere for you to go, something for you to do, a place that he has designed for you. He has set up before you. It's set before you. Are you going to run your race? Are you going to do your thing? Or are you going to be distracted by the world or by money or by things or by people? Or are you going to press through? Don't look at the wind. Don't look at the waves. You just, you just close your eyes and keep walking. Keep walking until you get to his arms. Amen? Amen. But if you miss it and start to sink, he'll be right there to rescue you. Hallelujah. We got to set some things before us tonight. Amen? We got to set some people before us. Why? There's some people that need to fill these chairs. Hallelujah. Friends, relatives, coworkers, neighbors. People who don't know the Lord, people who are stuck, people who have their eyes on the waves and the wind, they need to be given a different image. Why do you think God said, have no other gods before me? Because any other God other than Jesus will take you off the path. Because idols take your eyes off God and put it on something else. That's why God said, have no other gods before me. Amen? He means that. He's a jealous God. We got too many believers who have other things on their mind other than the things of God. Amen? But you're here tonight on a Wednesday. That's not you. Glory to God. You came here because there's a destination. You came to have an encounter with God. You came to get refreshed. You came to get touched. You came to get blessed. Amen? And God's got it for you. You pressed through the waves and the wind and, and anything that rocked your boat, you made it here. Amen? And now you're here to receive. And now you hear, hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into joy. Amen. Hallelujah. Who came in here with something that they needed, that you need to get or you need to have in your life, in your family, in your body? No one came in here with anything? If you came in here with something, come up here right now. I want you to come like Jesus went to the cross for the joy that was set before him. You're about to receive the blessing of the Lord, the restoration of strength and health, a complete overhaul. 
Hallelujah. Are you ready to receive? Say, it's already mine. Hallelujah. I have. To I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. You watch your word. To bring it to pass. Your word is power. And I am confident. I proclaim it. You bring it to pass. Oh. 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 You bring it to pass. Oh, 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 oh. Bring it to pass. Victory, I'm flowing in. Prosperity and the path that I walk, there is no death. I'm alive. I walk in the path of victory. And the path that I walk, there is no death. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Be careful what you look at. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what's set before you. God told Joshua, he said, 
This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. In order to do it, you've got to be looking at it. He had to be looking at the word. And as long as Joshua looked at the word, he, he, he succeeded. He succeeded. Hallelujah. You, you guys better hold hands and get to those seats right there. Hallelujah. Say, the Lord, I set the Lord before me. Say, I'm set on the Lord. I'm looking to him. I'm listening to him. I'm walking in him. I'm living in him. Hallelujah. Oh, give God a praise about that. Glory to God. Get on whatever God set for you. That's the best thing. Hallelujah. You've been set up for success. You've been set up to be blessed. You've been set up to be put over. You've been set up with favor. Hallelujah. You've been set up by grace. Glory to God. The grace of God has set you up. Hallelujah. The devil can't keep you down. He can't even try. Father, we give you thanks and praise tonight that you have set a path before us and you set joy before Jesus. And Lord, we walk in what you set up for us. We are confident in what you set up for us. We're not going to look to the right or to the left, but we're going to look to Jesus. You're the author and the finisher, the perfecter of our faith. And we give you glory and honor and praise. We are finishers. We're going to finish our race with joy. Hallelujah. You're going to finish with joy. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord. Paul said, I'm going to, I finish my race with joy. You find joy in serving God. You find joy in doing what he said. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, you have the victory tonight. You got something tonight. You got, you had an encounter with God tonight. Amen. Oh, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the fire. Hallelujah. Thank God for the power. Glory to God. Huh. I just heard this. God's turning his sprinkler system on. Hallelujah. The sprinkler system has been turned on. It's not a natural thing, it's a spiritual thing. I can hear the water flowing. Coming down. Hallelujah. From his presence. Glory to God. 
It's, it's the early and the latter rain has arrived right now at the same time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You need to wield some different fire. I just showed you that there's a path before you. I can't make you walk on it. That's your decision. That's up to you. You got to commit to walk on that path. And once you're on that path, don't let anything stop you. Distractions will come, but you can avoid them. Obstacles will come, but you'll just leap right over them. You'll run through a troop and leap over a wall. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Have a great and wonderful night.